Hey friends, this episode of Clinic Gym Radio is brought to you by clinicgymconnect.com. Clinic Gym Connect is a wonderful, amazing communication software we've developed to help you grow your practice, add a gym, add other services, and make sure that your patients and clients are clear on what you do and the amazing service you provide. You can learn more at clinicgymconnect.com, but let me tell you this. As we move forward, as you want to grow, growth must include communication, and communication must be done effectively. If you're emailing your clients, you're not doing it effectively. Heck, only one out of every 10 emails is even open, let alone read. If you want to get a hold of your clients, the best way to do that is the way that they communicate in every other instance, and that is text messaging. So check out our text messaging solutions. You can do two-way text with your office. You can use text messaging to capture new leads at events or in videos. And you can use text messaging to follow up, send appointment reminders, and even ask people for reviews. It works so much better. It's so much more effective and people love it. So check out clinicgymconnect.com. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist that believes in exercise, wants to make some money, and wants to provide the absolute best care for your patients? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio, where we talk about the Clinic Gym hybrid model, which is combining the best parts of healthcare with active care and fantastic exercise programs to get patients the best care they can while helping you make more money in this game. This is Clinic Gym Radio, and I'm Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I am honored today to be talking to Dr. Brian Waters from Indianapolis. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Josh. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I love the name of your, your clinic, Indie Muscle and Joint Clinic. Uh, you might have the best branding I've ever seen. Like it, I, you sent me some stickers. I've got the shirt. It's it's as clean and as visible as anything I've ever seen, including the sign on the front of your building, which we'll get to later. But uh, yeah, how long you had this place? So we opened exactly almost one year ago. Uh, awesome. So yeah, I think I just posted something on social media yesterday. Said one year. Well, congratulations. I would love if uh, we can go through kind of your first year of having the blended clinic and gym and kind of give everybody some, uh, maybe a couple things that went really well and a couple that didn't go so hot and, and uh, maybe that'll help them out on their journey. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, definitely a learning experience. (laughs) (laughs) There's no other way to get through it, right? Like you got to jump into the pool and learn how to swim. So congratulations. So let's go back. Where'd you graduate from and what'd you do right out of school? Yep. So chiropractic school, I went to Logan um, I came out of undergrad with uh, chemistry, pre-med, all that standard stuff, uh, and, and knew that I wanted to go into chiropractic. So I went to Logan, pretty close, about five hours from here, um, and it was pretty moderate as far as progressive, mixed between traditional and progressive at the time. Uh, um, so I got out of school, wanted to go into kind of the rehab realm. Everybody's, you know, the sexy thing is I want to work with athletes. I didn't really care to work with athletes. I just wanted to work. <laughs> I just wanted to do stuff. Um, so I knew I wanted to re- go to the, back to this region, did like a demographic search, uh, families around here. So did a, a demographic on, you know, disposable income, things like that. Um, they always encourage you to do that in school. Uh, and, and I was like, eh, well, I waited to the last semester I ran and I was like, this is actually really important. It tells you if somebody's going to have an extracurricular, you know, sport or something they can do after work, uh, this is the area they're going to do it because they have all this disposable income. So picked up basically north side of Indianapolis, which you've got Hamilton County. Uh, it's, you know, it's a nice suburb, good schools, things like that. 
and set up shop. So that was 2011, December. And were you working with somebody else, renting space in another office, renting office or space in a gym? How'd you do it at first? Yep. So it's similar to like an IC uh, independent contractor type setup, uh, basically did rent space. I had my own phone number, had uh, my own LLC, but used their uh, umbrella basically. Cause I always thought it was confusing if, Hey, I'm Brian Waters practicing out of this group. Uh, and my name is this. Um, I just always said, Hey, Brian Waters from this group. Um, but basically practicing renting room, things like that. Um, I, I always knew that I wanted to kind of go out on my own. I just, you never know uh, where, where you're going to end up, you know, opportunities, yeah. things like that. Um, so I, I always had my own phone number, which I forget who told me early on, um, even if you just have it forwarded to that main clinic, have your own phone number that you advertise. And, and I, I took that with me, obviously, when I left. Yeah, one thing, you know, this podcast is sponsored by Clinic Gym Connect, which is our software. And the reason, uh, one of the, the advantages there, not to jump right into the sponsorship, but you set it up perfectly, is when people establish their own phone number and you get patients communicating through there, those patients become portable, I say. Like, you can take them from that office to another office, as you did, or, you know, or in COVID times, like, hey, uh, we're running classes out in this park. They're still portable as long as you control the method of communication it was funny. I was talking recently to a guy who was a, a Navy SEAL for a few years and he made the point. He said, the easiest way to take over any area, the first thing you'd, you'd attack, communication systems. Once you take out those, everything's fine. And I think, well, the opposite's true. Like the first thing you got to do if you want to grow a clinic, you have to communicate. Once you can communicate and, and your clients are communicating back to you, it's easy after that, right? Because you can say, hey, we're hosting exercise classes or we have this special on dry needling or whatever. Um, but if you don't have good communication, these people that like really don't have a, a line of communication with their patients, man, it is an uphill battle. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I did get some kickback in the beginning. Uh, older doctors were like, you know, you shouldn't have a, a number that they can reach you at all the time because it went to my cell phone. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think over the years, I've kind of almost established it as it's very similar to like a concierge type you know, this is what you get when you come to me. Now, as I have grown, I've, I've realized I can automate that a little bit differently. But in the beginning, it was like, hey, I can text this patient. They can yeah. text me, schedule, things like that. Especially but when you have time and no money. It's like, oh, I'll call yeah. them. I'll talk to them. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't send me pictures of injuries. I don't want to see weird bruised thighs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, congratulations. So at some, so about a year ago, you finally opened up your spot, which I'm sure you had about six months before that of planning and searching and permits and all the fun stuff that comes along with getting your own spot. Uh, I wanted to talk about today, maybe five lessons you've learned in having your own spot finally, because as you're saying, you were a practicing chiropractor, you're working out of an office, you saw patients, you, you, uh, you know, you, you could have stayed there for your career, right? And just operated there, but you decided to kind of change it. So if you don't mind, let's go through a couple lessons you've learned uh, in that first year. How's that sound? It sounds good. I was going to say kind of to come off of that. Uh, one of the reasons I did leave, because honestly, everybody always asked, you know, Brian, why don't you start your own? Why don't you start, you know, this is two to five years in a practice. That's usually the sweet spot is for me that I've seen is after two to five years, you get that client base and, and they'll, they're like, Hey, why don't you start your own? Here's the funding. You know, you get all these opportunities that, and I was, you know, being in another clinic, I just kept running the numbers. I'm like, no, this is a really good gig. I had, I wrote a contract. I had a really good uh, contract, really good doctor I was working with, good team. And then what ended up happening about three years ago 
I started bodybuilding again, and that's a whole nother story. Uh, but I wanted to kind of create my own brand. What I realized is I was building this other brand, which, and I don't want to sound selfish, but it didn't benefit me. I wanted to grow my own thing. And, uh, and anyway, that's, that's what kind of, I wanted to expand and, and hire trainers, hire massage therapists, hire other chiropractors and, and, and that, uh, build my own team. But anyway, yeah, yeah, we can, we can go over some, uh, some stuff I learned for sure. That's awesome, man. Are you still competitive bodybuilder? Yeah. So I got my pro card about a year and a half ago. So I kind of wow, knew to the pro circuit. It's yeah. My first, uh, pro show will be this year. Yeah. And is it like, uh, how's that divided? Like age, uh, classification, what's the, how do they divide it up? So you can compete. So once you're a pro, once you have your pro card is what they call it. Um, you can basically float around to the different divisions. So I'm either bodybuilding, classic physique or physique. Those are the three guys. Um, there's all, so uh, age, but again, once you're an IFBB, you kind of float around in that whole kind of area. Um, but then certain shows will be like, okay, this show is only for 35 and up. This show is only mm. for 50 and up. Or when you compete at these shows, there's different groups within that show, but you can basically do uh, what we call open, which is just like, you know, Hey, if I want to go do strongman and I want to, you know, go up against, uh, you know, the, the greats, that's the open. Otherwise it's like, okay, this is the category. This is the category. Um, so, but yeah, once you're an IFBB, you can just float around. So, um, there's two categories that are most important. It's weight. It's by weight. So, uh, two twelve and, and below, which were where I would be. And then, uh, the open, which would be, you know, like the Ronnie Coleman's and the Jay Cutler's and yeah. the, the big guys. So anyway, yeah. What do you walk around at? And then what do you compete at weight wise? So right now this is the heaviest I've ever been. I walk around about 220, 225. I'm five foot five. So it's pretty heavy. I think it's stage three obesity. If you break it down, something (laughs) like that. And then, uh, I feel like a fire hydrant, right? I mean, yeah, real dense. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Short guy, big muscles is what people call me. Um, No, but the uh, 212 and under, I would basically be competing against these 212 guys. I've never competed at that, so I don't know what I'm going to be. I'm going to approximate 180. Uh, I used to compete at 150 to 170. So this is going to be the heaviest I've ever competed. Wow. Well, congratulations, and definitely let us know how you do. It'd be great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the the other thing you're competing in, which is business. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So what's the first lesson you learned? Uh, and for people listening, Brian and I kind of talked about maybe two bad, two good lessons, uh, and then one that, you know, it's kind of neutral, but kind of waiting to see how it turns out and we'll, we'll judge it later on good or bad. But, uh, what's the first kind of lesson you learned opening up your, after your first year of having your own place? So I always like to start with the good. So that's what I'll do here. But, um, I guess the first good lesson I learned was, uh, location, uh, location, 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 as I say, right. Um, you know, I, I, I looked for, uh, obviously I had to non-compete and all these different factors, but I got uh, a place right on a lake. And I said this to you earlier, but when people come, they're like, you said you're on the lake, you're right on the lake. I'm like, yeah, there's, there's the lake right there in the parking lot. Um, so it's, it's kind of nice to be kind of in a nice little area. Um, you know, I am kind of in a strip area, strip center, I guess you could call it. I'm used to being in an executive park or a medical place, but, uh, being on a lake like that, it kind of takes people's mind off the fact that you're next to, which is actually good, an ice cream shop. Uh, I know you like ice cream. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, a really good location uh, that patients appreciate. And, um, you know, if you're in a nicer area, they're like, okay, I, this is this is where I want to be. Uh, so you're in kind of a strip building. Um, there's like a gym next door to you, I think. There's an ice cream shop. 
So it's not truly an outdoor mall, but it's, it's a bunch of businesses in the same plaza. Yeah. I think it's legally considered that. Uh, and you know, when you pull those permits, you understand like, do I need a handicap restroom and all these different things? I think it's technically considered that, but yeah, it looks just like it's got a big overhang and then, you know, walk around mm-hmm. space outside patios and things, but restaurants yeah. and things like that. So a lot of people that travel to see us, which we can pull up to two hours, which is is awesome for being kind of in this niche that we have. Um, they'll, you know, they'll come and eat dinner before or after or whatever. So it's nice. Okay. Hey, you know, yeah, you're going to get the service, but to travel two hours and then you know, right next door, you can, you know, get some ice cream or, or go rather than you being in like the back of an industrial plaza or something like that, where they get treated and then basically have to leave there to go get anything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's nice. All right. And how long did it take you to find that the perfect location? Oh, that's a really funny story. Uh, I went through a real estate guy just to help me speed up the search. Cause I basically told, uh, the last clinic a specified period of time, uh, you know, 30 to 60 days out and then I was like, crap, I've got 30 to 60 days to find a, a place. And in the middle of the winter, uh, this is pre-COVID, so obviously the, not a lot of opening spaces. And within my non-compete, uh, you know, at that, that radius, that circle I drew around, there was a ton of stuff. But then outside that radius, which was where I needed to be, there was like two things. <laughs> so I went and <laughs> saw the one place and I was like, oh my gosh, it was like three times as expensive as I wanted. It was an old dentist office. Great location, but uh, they had ripped out all the sinks and it was a mess. Uh, they were like, yeah, it'd only take about 25000 for a build out. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I don't think so. And then uh, this was the second place. It wasn't even available. I was looking at a space upstairs and I said, hey, I can't do upstairs. Uh, you know, they had an elevator, but it's hard to find. I need accessibility. I need you to be able to walk right in. Yeah. Uh, and they said, well, we have the space downstairs. It was actually the gym next door closing off basically getting smaller, trying to kind of, uh, narrow, uh, his space. And so, yeah, we went downstairs and I said, yep, <laughs> found wow. it. So I found it within probably three days. Wow. That's awesome. And it's a great space. I've seen the pictures online. So incredible. So, uh, so location was definitely a win and having that great location for your people, definitely something you'd, you'd recommend and worked out for you. What, what's another positive or another good thing that worked out for you? Well, so about five weeks after we opened, uh, you know, I started thinking about oh, grand openings, all these things, uh, the quarantine hit basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of a mild freak out, but you know, I'd been in business for so long outside of that. I had patients that trusted me and things like that. Uh, but I had a really good group with us and, um, and some downtime. <laughs> um, I personally didn't have as much downtime. Um, you know, luckily again, it was about two weeks of kind of a, uh, oh, awkward, you know, 60% capacity kind of thing. Right. When everybody was still scared to leave their house, basically. Correct. We were like, okay, two weeks to slow the curve or, you know, and then, and then after that, boom, I was back up to 90, 98, 99% capacity, which was great. But again, the other doc and then two other massage therapists, personal trainer, it was a good time for them to kind of communicate to me, what were their needs? What could I help with them with? you know, is is something where we could build them up uh, and they could kind of really slow down and see the the nuts and bolts of how to start their own thing. If, cause I, I try to, uh, you know, I've done a lot of, um, Oh, mentoring and teaching over the years. And I I try to show people what's worked for me in hopes that maybe one day they'll start their own or, you know, um, help grow grow them. Just out of curiosity. I mean, a lot of people here, you know, have those, let's say secondary. So the massage therapist and the personal trainer or the, the coach or whatever you want to call that person, 
where you can really offload a lot of work there. In those two weeks, what did you learn was the thing that they needed most? Because oftentimes we think like, oh, you know, they want to understand injuries, but sometimes it's, it's not that, just understanding the workings and things. What did you find really was a, a great solution to that? Well, the number one thing that I felt like they needed, and they told me that was money, right? Uh, that was their biggest fear. Uh, and I said, listen, I'll, I'll take care of you guys, make sure that you can at least pay your bills. And, you know, obviously the PPP helped with that. And that's exactly what I did as I, as I used that, even though I didn't have to, that's a, a big chunk of that. But I think the biggest thing that they wanted to learn during that period was how do they come back, become better at customer service? You know, cause they don't, you don't learn that in school. You, you don't learn how to communicate with people in front of people. Uh, and, and along with customer services, like marketing, you know, what can yeah. I do? What can I do? Uh, not necessarily in person, but what, what should I start thinking about uh, as far as marketing goes? And that's where we sat down and I said, okay, not only can you listen to me and shadow as much as you want and, and kind of hear how I talk to patients and, and this communication and customer service thing, they, they got to see that and how the office ran, but they also saw, uh, um, you know, hey, now's the time to start typing, you know, do some blogs, do some articles, do some research, do some, you know, things that you wouldn't necessarily have time to do starting out. Now you do, you know, let's post this blog post and then blast it across social media and let people know, hey, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, check this out if you haven't. And that actually worked uh, quite a few times. Um, but then also the um, uh, just getting creative with with marketing in a time where you you can't really go in person. We did get lucky. Uh, I encourage the other doc to reach out to different medical practices. We get a lot of referrals for orthos, uh, dentists, things like that. He reached out to a lot of them and a lot of them early on, we could still go visit uh, mm. the doctors uh, and, and kind of behind the scenes, we started getting some referrals because a lot of the doctors started shutting down those um, unnecessary quote unquote uh, medical procedures. So we started getting a lot of like conservative musculoskeletal uh, referrals from uh, medical doctors and ortho. And that was fun because they did get to be in front of people uh, where I wouldn't have necessarily emphasized that if this was, let's say a quote unquote normal year. Um, so just trying to find people that you could still talk to. Nice. Well, I'm glad it worked out in many ways, right? You built, it sounds like you built relationships with the orthos, your team got the experience. I can imagine it built up your practice a little bit. Uh, so it seemed to work out for everybody pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it did. It started, All right, uh, so, so your location was great, your team was great, <laughs> but not everything's great. So what was the first uh, kind of shot to the chin you took? Well, so we waited to set our sign up outside because again, you know, we started five weeks later, boom, I sunk all my life savings into this place. I didn't want to take out loans. At that time, I didn't have any loans. Um, so we were just kind of waiting to put the sign up. So I, I start getting quotes because I say, hey, we're going to be essential. We can stay open, at least for now. Let's just get the sign up because that's more visibility. Uh, it's going to look cool. It's going to be great. People are going to this ice cream place next door every day in March, which is crazy. It's cold out, but no one's at work or school. So everybody's getting ice cream every day. I'm like, they're standing out there staring at my, my space. They need to know what's here. So we get a quote. We get uh, three quotes. And I went with the cheapest quote and I had used this company before. Just out of curiosity, where, what are we talking about dollar wise? Because one thing I, I want people to listen to is signage is one thing that nobody talks about in business and is so mm -hmm. God awful expensive. I mean, when you get those quotes, you're like, are we talking about the same sign? Because this quote looks like a billboard, you know, and you're like, I'm just talking about the thing on the front of my building. Five to 10 grand yeah. for this. You see my logo. Uh, yeah. It's 
four letters, big letters, and then like 10 to 15 little letters. And the guy's like, it's approximately $500 a letter or whatever. He gives me, you know, a random number for each letter, like $500 per letter. So I went with the, uh, yeah, I went with the cheapest quote because it was still $5,500. And I, you know, I thought, well, that's, that's a steal. I think the next quote was 6,800 or 7,000. I was like, what's the difference? What are they, you know, is the quality different? And I did some digging. I saw some other signs. I'm like, nope, it's the exact same. I think they just, they did some things differently to cut down on costs. But um, yeah, so I went the cheapest and everything started going well until they came out. There was a couple of mishaps with, they hung it in the in the wrong spot. So they hung it four feet to the right. It wasn't even centered. And so I said, Hey, are you guys done? And they're like, yeah, we're done. I was like, well, it doesn't light up and it's four feet to the right. And so like you go through permits for that, you have to match the permit. So I gave them the, uh, the sheet, they came back and I gave them the sheet and they were kind of mad about it. I'm like this, the sheets, it shows you exactly where you need to be and it doesn't light up. And they're like, well, you know, so they put it in the right spot huffing and puffing. And then they tried to hook it up. And as they were playing around with the breaker box and mind you, this is a medical clinic. So everybody that comes in, you know, we're, we're thinking, okay, they need to sign in they need to be escorted. And, but you know, it's, we're just opened and we're not busy. It's at lunch. So the receptionist takes the guy to back to the back. Uh, he gets to the panel, which is right there in my break area in this closet. And then I go back in to see a patient. I come out I go out, they're gone. I go back to the back. Everything is everywhere. Like all my stuff is just scattered and all of our uh, camera equipment's missing that we used, you know, during this time, like I said, we were trying to, you know, blog posts and we're going to do more YouTube videos and uh, record some stuff. All my microphones, my camera equipment, over a thousand dollars was, was gone. Luckily I had gotten a security camera, which People made fun of me saying, oh, you don't need a security camera in Geist. It's a nice area. I'm like, exactly. I need a security camera. So I caught the guy on camera, uh, turned into the police. He got, you know, charged with, I think a misdemeanor and a felony because it was over $700 or something. And uh, luckily after about six more weeks, the sign company helped me. Uh, you know, they, they worked with me on price because of that. Um, so that was an interesting experience that I, I learned a lot from. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, uh, a couple lessons, people. I, I want uh, I want people to hear because you're reminding me of multiple things. I worked with a lot of contractors in my day, and never underestimate the fact that they do not see your end vision. Like that, to them, the sign up on the building might be sufficient, but to you, you want it specifically centered over your door or over a big window or something where you're like, anybody with the right mind would put the sign over here. Don't ever assume that because. The contractor, I'm trying to be nice to them and not say that they're they're dumb because uh, they're not. I mean, they're they're usually hardworking people. Like sometimes it's like finding the uh, best place for power. They're like, oh, it'd be so much easier to mount it four feet to the right or something else, you know? So I don't want to, I don't ever want to say like, I don't appreciate the work they do, but do, be very clear with where you want this thing. Like if you're having somebody install something, like I've used the blue tape method, you get some of that blue painter's tape and you put like, right here, like sign, you know, place the eye of Indy right here. And they're like, well, that's farther over than the plan saying, you know, like, I don't care, <laughs> you know, or I had a, um, uh, a client and the, the, they had this, uh, a 900 square foot gym that was kind of like a perfect rectangle. And so, uh, the, the contractor decided they had to put in a drinking fountain because the city said you have to have a drinking fountain. 
put it in the easiest place, which was dead center in the wall between two squat racks, right? Now, if you look at that gym, I think anybody with the right mind would look and say, the only place in this entire rectum you should not put a drinking fountain would be on that wall between the two squat racks because, you know, whoever's getting a drink is going to get concussed by the end of the Alico barbell getting upside their temple when somebody's doing like barbell squats. And it's just like, he came in, he's like, what are you doing? Like, well, we already installed it. Sorry, it's going to cost you. And he's like, no. And he points and he's like, I clearly marked over there, just taking a piece of printer paper and said, play drinking fountain here. And they're like, oh, we didn't. It's a huge piece of paper with Sharpie on it. So anyways, yeah, that's one lesson is don't be scared to tell your contractor exactly how you want it. And most of the time they will push back on you. They'll, 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 I don't want to say argue, but they'll be like, oh no, you can't do that. You can't do that. And just, you can, especially when you're the person paying. So just stick with it and um, don't let them intimidate. And then the other thing is, uh, you know, the lowest cost, the lowest bid oftentimes costs more in the end for whatever reason, you know, all the headaches you dealt with. And thank God you weren't super busy when that sign was getting installed or, you know, but it's just funny when those people just like show up whenever they don't care where their ladder goes. They don't care where their cigarette butts go. They don't care where their trucks parked. You know, I mean, I've had, I've had electrical contractors parking in the handicap spot in front of our office. I'm like, we're going to get busted. You are going to get towed if you keep your truck. Well, it's just more convenient. I'm like, I understand that handicap spots are usually very conveniently placed. In fact, you know, like as a tradition, they are, that doesn't mean you should be there. So it's just, it's so funny. So anyways, so that was number one bad thing that happened. What was, what's the other thing that you wish you could have kind of done differently? Yeah. So when I knew that I had a location uh, picked out, I should have started getting in network again with these insurances with, you know, that I already was in network with, you know, for 10 years with the new tax ID number. I had talked to several doctors, colleagues that had moved practices because mind you, this is the first time I was doing this. And they said, oh yeah, you, you want to wait and it'll take, it won't take too long. And I mean, some of the insurances took six months to get a network with because, well, everybody wanted to blame it on COVID, but honestly, everybody was kind of scattered. They were working from home. There wasn't a lot of communication with these companies. The emails weren't getting to the right places. They didn't have the right computer at home, whatever. But the, uh, yeah, I wish I would have started getting in network, you know, at least 30 days, 60 days earlier, if I could have, uh, instead of waiting till, okay, I'm in the space physically. Now I should start doing this. Uh, but as soon as you have the address, that tax ID, you're good, basically good to go. Right. And for those listening, like it's okay to operate both at the same time. You can say like, I want both to, to work and I'm operating this clinic 99% of the time and this 1% of the time. And then later just call them and say, it's now 60, 40. And then you call them later and say, Hey, I closed that other location. I'm no longer treating out of there. I'm only treating out of this. Like those transitions are easy to do. And hospitals do that all the time when they're opening up a new clinic or something. Uh, but, but they have entire departments that are credentialing departments for their doctors, you know? Um, just out of curiosity, did you end up getting in network with every insurance you wanted to, or there's some that just didn't work out at all? No, yeah, we did. Um, and luckily I had done all that before, prior, but this new, well, uh, the younger doc helped me multiple times with the computer stuff, just because it was a little bit different. Obviously we had the CAQH back then, but now all the electronic payment information, I didn't get all that settled for a while, but yeah, I think the, actually the hardest one, the, one of the easiest ones was Medicare. Uh, and then the hardest one was probably a local insurance. 
which is really interesting because it's the one I could have walked to their place or, you know, driven to talk to someone in person and said, here's all my information. And that took almost six months. So it's funny, you know, the, the bigger companies sometimes do have a better flow, but the local one, I, I thought, uh, surely this will take, this will be the easiest one to get, but no, it wasn't. Yeah. It's always disappointing when you're like, I'm staring at your building and I'm like, can we work together here? You know? So, exactly. uh, anyways, uh, that, that's fantastic to hear. Hey, real quick. I just want to give our little, uh, sponsorship, uh, line here. So this podcast, like every clinic gym, uh, hybrid podcast or clinic gym radio podcast is sponsored by clinic gym connect. And we developed clinic gym connect as a communication platform to make it easier and more efficient to communicate with your patients. So do it through text messaging. Emails get open 20% of the time. They get read less than 5% of the time and they get responded to 1% of the time. Whereas text messages, 98% open rate, 98% readability rate, and about 68% uh, response rate, which is huge, which is where you want to be. So if you want to remind your patient, hey, you know, we're, uh, we have these COVID re- restrictions, you have to wear a mask, you have to do X, Y, Z. You can send that to them, get a response. You can give them instructions and doing it all through text messaging works so much faster. So if you're interested in communicating better with your patients and marketing your practice, then check out Clinic Gym Connect and you can check it out at clinicgymconnect.com. Again, that's clinicgymconnect.com. And now we're back with Dr. Brian Waters. All right, Brian. So you had a couple good things. You had a couple bad things. Uh, some things just never truly come to an end in that first year. Is there anything you're kind of neutral on and we'll see where, whether it's going to turn out good or bad? Yeah, absolutely. Um, lots of neutrals, but the biggest one I think was I did uh, buy a climb mill, a matrix climb mill, certified pre-owned. I looked for it for months and uh, got a really good deal on it because I was in the process of buying the gym next door to expand and obviously do you know, a boutique style gym and refer over rehab patients and things like that and, and kind of build more of what you, what you always talk about. And for uh, those listening, we're not talking about a 10,000 square foot gym. This is a relatively small gym right now that happens to be exactly next door to your practice. Yeah. It used to be part of my, my side used to be part of his gym and they just put a wall in the middle. So I've got 1200 square feet. He's got about 1500. He's got all the equipment. I was going to buy all that and, and still hope to, uh, but did a handshake deal. And then we were, you know, obviously going to write it up and get some lawyers involved. But uh, as soon as we made the deal the second time, (laughs) uh, I ordered this climb mill because I had been in contact with the company and, and took out a loan, a pretty substantial loan at a really good interest rate, uh, especially during the COVID times. Uh, But uh, yeah, I used that, that, so the deal went, didn't go through. Um, Hopefully eventually it will. Uh, we're still in open communications with that, but it kind of went back and forth, you know, with uh, having a gym during this time, it's, it's, it's bad and then it's good and then it's bad and then it's good. So he's, he's going through a good phase right now and uh, he seems to get more interested when it gets a little more crazy. But uh, anyway, uh, I still do use the climb mill every week. Uh, I love it. I love how they're in, they're popular now. Uh, everybody wants a climb mill. So I think, uh, you know, I could probably sell it for twice as much as I paid for it, but uh, I do use that. And then having that uh, loan is amazing because, you know, that took away a lot of the stress, especially with having at one time this, this year I had seven employees. So uh, it took away a lot of that stress as far as what happens if we do have to shut down for two weeks because I'm exposed or one of the other people are exposed and then we are exposed to them or we didn't know how all those rules 
were playing out. Um, so it was kind of nice not only to have the extra piece of cardio equipment there that I will take over to the other side once we uh, hopefully accomplish that, but also to have that extra cash, uh, liquid cash if, that I could use uh, to, you know, to pay the bills or pay uh, someone's salary or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, those those deals, uh, and there's so many that have almost come through and some I look back on and thank God they didn't. And some of them I'm like, damn, that would have changed the trajectory, you know, but it's how it goes. We had a, a great deal going with a local fire department doing some assessment and training for them for injury prevention. And uh, I thought it went really well. And then we had great data. We presented to the city and then city leadership changed and they were not fans. Mm. So that one disappeared, you know? So, uh, so Brian, looking at this last year, I mean, you've accomplished so much. Um, any, any words of wisdom for people who are like trying to dig up the kind of courage to, to go out there on their own? It's not easy. It's not, you know, it's not easy, but it doesn't mean that it's impossible and doesn't mean it's not worth it. So what would you tell somebody if they're thinking in the next year to kind of get out of the situation like you were in? Hey, they're an independent contractor, maybe they're an associate, but they really want their own gig. Uh, what tips do you have? Well, the biggest thing I, I've been told and I say, I say to other people is the grass is always greener on the other side. So, you know, a lot of times uh, your deal may be a really good deal. So I mean, run those numbers and run them again and run them again. Talk with significant others. Talk with, uh, I talked with a few business uh, coaches that just ran some things, ran some numbers and it was really close. And that's why it took me so long to make that decision because it was comfortable, you know, and, and it's not going to be comfortable to go out there and, oh, you got to have building insurance and you got to have work comp insurance and you got to have all these things I had no idea. And again, the grass is always greener and you get hints of that along the way because that other person says, it's not as easy as you think because, you know, you start complaining about these little things and we need to change the website. Well, then that's going to cost money. And I mean, there's all these small pieces that you know all about. And, but, uh, you know, and, and the more you try to tell those, those people, hey, there's a lot of these small things that start adding up. It's not even the hard costs, it's the soft costs time and things like that. And I've got a family and kids and, you know, the more expensive my time is, or it's, it, it, you know, it's worth more as I go through. So, you know, the grass is always greener. So make sure it's the right fit as far as numbers go. Cause a lot of these independent contractor deals I've been hearing about some of them lately are more like, like partnerships. I mean, they're paying pretty small amount. Um, uh, so anyway, grass is always greener, but then also you're going to hear about it. Like you're going to hear people say, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Like, you got to start assessing, okay, you know, I'm doing the right by the patients, no matter what, I will always do right by the patient and they're going to reward you for that, whether they know it or not. You know, you're going to, my dad is an electrician. He owns, he's owned his own business for a long time. His dad owned his business, his dad owned his business. And they always, I always said, Hey, you can charge more. Hey, you can charge more. You can do this. You can do this. You can write this off. And he always said, just do good by the patient do good by the, the client and, um, you know, that it'll always work out, but I mean, you got to grind and that's, that's the third thing would be, you know, I, I worked three jobs in the beginning when I started my practice. So don't be afraid to like have to do extra things and work 80 to hundred hours a week, you know, um, but, you know, make sure that's, make sure it's the right time and, and make sure to look at your contract. If I, I had the opportunity to actually write my contract with a lawyer and I do the ins and outs of it. Uh, but if you do have a contract that doesn't allow you to do certain things, uh, make sure you're doing things legally. I'm by the book with everything. I, I, even if it, you know, I always want to be a good person, but then also follow rules. So, uh, to make sure, you know, you have all those things in place before you do it. 
And then I'd say, I guess the fourth thing would be whoever you're with, and again, we're targeting this to people that are in that position, maybe going out on their own or thinking about it, you know, talk it over with that person. If, if you, if you're, if you trust them enough, which you should uh, talk it over with them and tell them what your ideas and plans are. And uh, just, you know, so they don't feel burned at the end. Uh, and I've talked to the other doc and the other two massage therapists, and even the trainer I said, Hey, look, I'm going to tell you, if you want to leave, you know, after a contract and, and things like that, the contract's just there because you never know. But after those terms, you know, if you want to leave, it's, you don't ever feel bad for doing that. It's going to suck. I'm going to tell you, Hey, this sucks. Is there anything we can do to make it make you stick? Cause we love you being part of the team, but uh, just communication, you know, like uh, talk to me if there's something that, that seems off that we can try to fix if that don't let things fester. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think those are great tips, man, because, um, yeah, I communication internally and externally is so important. It just can't be, it just, you can't have too much of it. Like I, you know, I tell my kids a hundred times every week, say, please say thank you, you know, and I don't know how many more times they need to hear it, but they forget they have a little amnesia, you know, where I tell my wife, like, Hey, just to double check, I'm picking the boys up today from school. Right. It's like, yeah, we talked about it last night. I know. I just want to double check. You can't do it too much. <laughs> you know, like it's, it doesn't encumber anything, but every once in a while something gets missed and it, it just helps so much. And having, I've had, you know, one point I had 13 employees and you don't realize what that other person is thinking sometimes. And they hear, heard you say something in a moment that you weren't thinking your best or you're super tired and you just made an offhanded comment. And they've been, like you said, festering on it for weeks and just get that stuff out into the sunlight. It's the best disinfectant, you know? It's so, uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it can be. Um, you know, Brene Brown has a line. She says, uh, clear is kind. And that's actually one of the core values for our company. Clear is kind because it's not easy. But if I say, hey, Brian, you've, you've got spinach in your teeth. You'd rather hear that the moment you have spinach in your teeth than six hours later after you've talked to, you know, a bunch of people at a dinner party, right? Like, mm -hmm. just be clear. Well, Brian, uh, congratulations on making it a year, man. It sounds like you're in the right place. You certainly started in the, wor the worst, most difficult year you could. And yet you're growing, things are going well. So, you know, on behalf of every listener that's listening to this, man, congratulations, you're fighting the good fight. Uh, for those people who might want to reach out, where can they find you? Yeah, best way is honestly Instagram, uh, at Dr. Brian Waters, um, with, with two T's, T's on there. Yep. Yeah, with two T's, got to say that. Uh, and then outside of that, IndieMuscle.com. Yeah, Indie, short for Indianapolis, IndieMuscle.com, you said Yep. Correct. And then that. from there, I, I mean, it. you can find just about now, Is that a description of your clinic or just your body? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do get every once in a while muscle and joint. So is this, what is this? And yeah, uh, I don't know if you're familiar. There's uh, uh, another clinic, you know, it's, you hear all these names and you just, you know, what sounds good, what rolls yeah. off the tongue. Uh, so anyway, yeah, just, I, I like, I like the way it sounds, no matter what ma it makes people think. I, I, I think it gets, a, a what we do across. Awesome, man. Well, uh, listening to this makes me say that the, I wrap up the podcast the same way every time. And I think you're a perfect example of it, but go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of everybody. Thanks a lot, Brian. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hey, I want to let you know that this episode was brought to you by clinicgymconnect.com. Clinic Gym Connect is our new, exciting communication software that I think will revolutionize your practice, blow your customers away with amazing customer service, and allow you to grow by offering the solutions that your office offers. 
So if you want to check out more, just go to clinicgymconnect.com. Again, that's clinicgymconnect.com and check it out there. Thanks.